Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Two Man Game here on ClavesOnline.com. I'm Matthew Rocchio. That's Bob Ramsey, and we're here to talk a little basketball specifically. It's playoff time in the association, so we're talking about some playoff basketball before we get into it. Rammer, how you doing today, sir? Doing great. Looking forward to games tonight. I don't have to do double and triple duty. I can focus on NBA games. I'm really looking forward to it. And let's dive right into some of the games we saw last night. We will also be diving into a little bit of the Draymond Green news that came out as the games were being played last night. And also the games today, tonight, we have a three-peat coming up. Lakers, Grizzlies, Heat, Bucks, and Timberwolves. Nuggets, obviously some big injuries in those first two games. We'll get to that a little bit later here because, Rammer, you texted me last night during the late game, the Clippers and the Suns, that was finally got, got an enjoyable game. The reason why you phrased it that way was because the Celtics are just beating the tar out of the Hawks. No surprise to anybody, one of the most dominant teams um, that we that we saw this entire season, the only team that's top five in both offense and defense. And, they just and also, you, also, you've already got two stars hurt and maybe not playing in Morant and uh, um, Giannis. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, um, I was really excited. And what I really liked was the stars were all performing, in particular early until in the second quarter, Durant just said, okay, I'm going to go 15 feet out, and I'm going to hit every shot. Yeah, that was – I mean, he he took over. You saw some you know, some late antics from, from Chris Paul where he was hitting some of those yeah. uh, pick-and-roll jumpers that were pretty awesome. I mean, Devin Booker was absolutely incredible. 38 Amazing. points, nine assists. I mean, and then, and then anytime, you're, anytime you have one of your 3 and D guys step up in a playoff game like Torrey Craig does, um, hitting – excuse me, um, five of eight from deep, 17 points. I mean, he outscored DeAndre Aiden. That was absolutely huge for him. Anytime you get that kind of game, it changes changes what you can do uh, when you get a guy like Torrey Craig. But, yeah, just the star power of the Suns, that's really everything you expected from them. You know, Chris Paul getting out there, eight assists, 16 points, missed some shots, but he made some big ones down the road when they needed a couple points. DeAndre Aiden, not the best game from him, but still a double-double. And then, of course, Durant and Booker go crazy in the scoring. That's, that's, that's a textbook way you want to see this new-look Suns get going uh, you know, against a pretty good team. Here's a question I've got for you, and it may not be answerable. Westbrook didn't work with the Lakers, but he works pretty well with the Clippers. Now, they lost, so you say, well, what difference does it make because they still lost? I sort of get that logic, but isn't he, it's, it's meshing better, right? Yeah, and, and that, that's the thing with, with Russell Westbrook. And, you know, I, I, I sent out a, a, you know, a tweet when, when the trade was made and, and he got cut and he got picked up by the Clippers. And essentially my point was, yeah, you know, he, you know this could be great. I mean, he, he, could, he could provide some defense from the wing. You know, he could, he could give him some, you know, bounce from the point guard spot. You put him in the dunker spot. You, you can make some things happen as a passer on, on a short roll. Maybe if he, if he dedicates himself – becoming to screen being the screener instead of the guy getting the screen and then kind of attacking people in the short roll that'd be great and my comment was that's what everyone's been saying over the last three teams he's been on and the problem was there was no buy-in and I think what we saw from Russell Westbrook from the get-go with the Clippers was buy-in I think you you see it 100% his defense especially when they get that game one win over the Suns he gets that big block and you know uh, play against Devin Booker where he threw it off him out of bounds when he's going three of 19, I just don't think you saw that level 
of effort, 100% of his game from Russell Westbrook. And again, you have the three of 19 games, and then you have the game last night where he's fairly efficient from the field, you know, hits two of the four um, three-pointers that he took, two of the three three-pointers that he took. So, I mean, when he, when he looks good, he really breaks well. But just overall effort and buy-in has been the crucial factor for him because that's not what we saw in L.A. It isn't what we saw in Houston either, and that's why he wasn't good there. Yeah. And, and we're like seeing that answer. now, and, and that's why it, it's making the Clippers so much more dangerous than people expected without Paul George. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is just – if you – I mean, there's – sometimes you watch an athlete do something, and you're just like, obviously they're incredible, but every once in a while there's a, a certain athlete, and they do something, you're just like, I am jealous of the fact that you as a human being can do that. And like, like, there's certain, like, ones, like – Dwight Freeney being able to, to spin move that fast at like 280 pounds is ridiculous and, and shouldn't be allowed. But one of them is I wish I could just murder the back iron of a basketball hoop the way that Kawhi Leonard does. He shows no mercy on that thing. It's just right there directly down every time. And when he gets in his groove, every single ball that he gets a clean shot off of just back iron down, just you know, um, you'll you'll get a kick out of this. So I'm watching the game with my son last, my youngest son, last night. And late in the game, they're they're kind of making an effort. Would they get it to six, maybe? Anyway, whatever it was, eight. Anyway, Kawhi does a falling out of bounds on the end line jumper, and I go, "Oh, come on!" I said out loud, "Come on, eat a better shot than that." And my son admonished me and said, "He makes those. <laughs> he okay. does. Yeah." There was one. There was one in like this. I, I got. It, I think it was late in the second quarter where he got fouled, like falling away at the elbow, and he almost made it. It's like I wouldn't even have been shocked at this point because he's just he's in that groove. His leg feels good. He's playing great defense. He's just a, he, he's controlling the tempo of the game completely. It's pretty incredible. Um, by the way, Devin Booker wasn't the only guard who had a great night last night. I was unbelievably impressed with Darius Garland. Uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers to the point where I honestly think, and I thought this from the giggle with the series, excuse me, I honestly think that the the, the, Knick, the Knicks are are hosed in this series. I think the Cavaliers are going to win the next three games really? win this series. I really do. I mean, Darius Garland was a monster. He finished with 32 points on just 17 shots from the field. At one point, he had 32 points on 15 shots from the field, which is just, that is one of the most efficient scoring lines I've ever seen in a playoff game in my entire yeah. life. He's a monster. Mobley hasn't developed offensively, but you still have him and Allen, and you're a great defensive team. Uh, and then, you, and then obviously Mitchell, what he's added, he, he's a great core player. I really do think the Cavaliers are going to turn it on. I know Stephen A. Smith said, "quote unquote," the Cavaliers have no chance in Game Three. I'm going the completely other way. I don't think the Knicks have a chance. That Rocky takes on Stephen A. Smith, clash of the titans. I can yell just as good as he can. Yeah, Thank you very can. much. Something else that came out yesterday was the suspension for Draymond Green. He's going to be out for Thursday's Game 3 matchup between the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Obviously a huge matchup for the Warriors. They are down 2-0 for the first time ever in this run of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Uh, some people coming out and not really liking the suspension. Um, but honestly, when you look at – especially considering there's some people who are really irked by the, that there's so much of the suspension is coming from past dealings instead of what he did in the moment. But I think when you combine what he did, the way that he hyped up the crowd and taunted the crowd afterwards, 
and the fact that Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league, is in that crowd, I honestly was shocked when the first game tipped off and he hadn't been suspended yet. Um, it, it's just, it, it, I mean, things the NBA, they've suspended a lot of big-time players and big-time games for a lot less than stopping on a guy. And whether or not, how much of this is connected also to the Kings coming out with and putting Sabonis as questionable for game three with a sternum contusion from the stomp. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if that factors in as well a little bit, but what were your thoughts uh, on the decision by the NBA to suspend Jeremy Green? Let's go start backwards. All right. I want to see the bruise. I don't believe it. <laughs> You're not the only one. It's bullshit. Or, or show me a picture of the bruise, and I will apologize right here on two-man game. I'll apologize. Okay, that's one. Two, trying to – if two, – let's take two – let's reverse it. If if, um, if if Sabonis threw a punch, would he be suspended a game? Usually, usually you don't think? Throwing a punch? Eh, they're, 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 they, they, if you just throw like one punch, I don't know if you're going to get suspended for a game. I don't know. Kind of think about that. Well, the problem is the NBA is always, it's always like the, it's always like that, you know, like we're getting separated. And as we're getting separated, I throw one like that. It never. Right, wait, let's, no, let's say he lands a punch. Yeah. He probably just stopped landed. Yeah. You, you said, yeah, you, you suspend him for a game. So, that's where I think we there's some balance there for people who, who didn't think it should be suspended. Um, the other thing, when you talk about if if you're arrested and go to trial, charged with robbing a bank, is it reasonable in the sentencing portion of the trial for them to mention the other six banks you robbed? Yes or no? I, I'm, I don't want to put words into it. You may say no, that it's not right. What do you think? Uh, no, I think that factors into it. I think you have to take into account what he's done previously because, I mean, why else do you suspend people for, for, for you know, things you deem egregious other than to say you have to stop doing this, and if they're not going to listen to the punishment, then you have to escalate the punishment, therefore, and that means taking into account what they've done. So maybe you don't escalate the punishment, you just continue the punishment at, this, at, at maybe a higher rate you know, and things like that. You know, kind of what the NBA did to Rasheed Wallace, but although that was taken to a ridiculous extreme, and he didn't, he never did these kind of things. He would just, you know, draw the refs a little bit. This, when you take it to this level, it, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's dumb. And again, this is a guy who, you know, take it away from the actual way you have to legislate it, which is just a, a, a kick in an NBA game. Bring it to the fan and analyst side, which is he's doing this again when they're down 2-0 in a first round. And it's one, you know, doing it in game four of a final where that you eventually lose because arguably you're not there. And to then to not learn your lesson in two years later, put your team in jeopardy in the first round by letting it happen late in game two when you're down already. I just, you got to learn your lesson, my man. Well, more than that, there for the faction who defend Green and don't believe he should be suspended – but, but, but because they're saying it was calculated, it's WWE stuff. Well, that is so selfish and so not team oriented. If it's planned, that's that's 
horrific when it comes to team play. But I think he is a team guy. I don't think he did plan it out. And I and that's why I think his anger management um, needed this. That he's a team guy, and if he took the time to think it through, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Because he is an ultimate team guy. I believe that. I think that's fair. It just – yeah, you, you got to learn how to control your thoughts then because you, you've too many times hurt, hurt your team more than yourself by making these mistakes about thinking. What happens is, and I may or may not have personal experience, when you lose your temper in a situation like that, you take one step forward, you get pushed back, so you push harder, you get a little more pushback, you push harder. And at that point, you've lost control and emotionally, you can't reel it back in. Yeah. And that's that's called ang- anger management issues. When it goes so far, you can't reel it back. And I think it's a real problem because he's a very smart guy. He's not a dummy. He's a smart guy. But I think there's there's an emotional thing there when he loses his temper. And by the way, I would have lost my temper too. Yeah, the guy's pulling on your leg like that. Simonis can't be doing that stuff. That's, you that's, either, that's the other side. either go really soft and cry to the official. I don't think you stop him. I think you pretend to fall on him and you fall on him really hard. Yeah. That would have been the small. Oh, and then you fall and maybe <laughs> your elbow hits him in the throat. <laughs> something like that. That now see that would be smart and calculating. There you go. I like that. Uh speaking of smart and calculating, because while Draymond Green obviously costing his team off the court, I do not think he's, he's the problem on the court. In fact, watching that second game, I thought I, I, it was noticeable how they were attacking Kevon Looney in the pick and roll. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. The, the, the Kings really don't run a lot of pick and roll. They're a movement offense like the, like the Nuggets, uh, and, and like the Warriors. Um, and, and, they were, and they ran a lot of pick and roll. And they really took advantage of Kevon Looney in the pick and roll. He, he would have to drop, and then he would either give up an easy floater to De'Aaron Fox or good look to Demonis Sabonis, especially in game two. But then I came across this incredible thread on Twitter by a user called NBA Einstein. And this was fascinating. This guy broke it down in, in a way I absolutely love. Because he not only did he touch on how they attacked him in the pick and roll, but, man, he, he got into how Mike Brown – was playing a chess match with Steve Kerr. I love this so much. He pointed out that the Kings, in addition to not doing a lot of pick and roll, the Kings also do not offensive rebound a lot. They just say they just bust it back in transition so you don't beat them that way. They, right, they don't right. they do not throw extra bodies. So what Mike Brown started doing in that game was saying, All right, I'm murdering you with Javon Looney on in the pick and roll. So if you try to go small, watch what I'm about to do. And all of a sudden three Kings started crashing offensive rebound after offensive rebound. And they started winning the offensive rebound game and started getting some big ones, including guys like Malik Monk, guards getting big rebounds. And so I was fascinated by this breakdown. And it, it undoubtedly completely changed how I'm going to watch game three of this series, even without Draymond Green. Because if a Jonathan Kaminga, a smaller, agile, but still you know, good, you know, good shot-blocking player, gets more minutes because Draymond Green is out, he could be a player that could come in later in the series if he shows well and could maybe change this equation in the Warriors' favor or maybe at least neutralize 
clearly an advantage that Mike Brown has found in Steve Kerr's team. But going forward, the Kavon Looney and how the Kings take advantage of him and how the Warriors try to hide him, that's going to be fascinating going forward. Or Kaminga's a non-factor and they steamroll the Warriors. That, I right now, would give that about a 70-30 in your favor. Because that it's hard it's hard when you when you struggle to be more than what Kaminga has, which is a twenty point player, you know, nine and five in his two years in the NBA. It's it's tough to come into a to a series where a team's you know, killing your back line and, and or front line, I should say, and all of a sudden completely change it. But, you know, maybe he, he's able to do it, but it, so maybe there's some kind of you know, big benefit to Draymond being out as they figure out what the what the secret key is to breaking this, but I just thought that was a great breakdown that that went with exactly what I was seeing in the game first of all, and then built on it so well. So keep your eye out. Game three of that series is going to be absolutely fascinating. Um, we do have some pretty sweet game twos coming up tonight, depending on how the injuries fall, because both yeah. John Morant and Giannis, it looks like, are going to be game time decisions. They are both listed as questionable. John Morant has officially or has been referred to as game time decision by multiple outlets throughout the day. Giannis was upgraded from doubtful to questionable about three or four hours ago, depending on which uh, publication you're watching. So still up in the air. It looks like I think Jaws probably going to play in this game with the Lakers leading 1-0. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks hold Giannis back for one more game, try to lean on some of their veteran players, try to maybe get them through game two. But either way, these first two games tonight are going to be dictated by whether or not these guys play. Well, I think Morant plays. I agree mm -hmm. with you. And I think Giannis, um, if he can go at all, he'll demand a play. Yeah. Now, he, he may be compromised. In fact, likely would be compromised. But 80% of him is better than anything else you got. You're not wrong, and, and it's going to be fascinating again to see how the Grizzlies handle just not having any size beyond Jaron Jackson Jr., by the way, who's, who's just named uh, the second youngest defensive player of the year in NBA uh, history. Well, I just don't think he can guard Davis by himself, you know, without, for 40 minutes or however much he plays. Now without getting six fouls. Right. There's just no way. He's and, really good, but that's not – he shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, and, and, and that's another thing is, you know – more so than a guy like Kaminga, but then you, you just have to look at the Grizzlies roster and wonder, you know, can these other guys now without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark, you know, can Xavier Tillman step up, you know, give you 20 solid minutes? Can Santi Aldama give you 20 solid minutes against one of the best players, you know, when he's out, you know, not the whole time he's going to be out there, but in spurts when he's out there. And that's when the Grizzlies, that's when the Lakers were able to, you know, expand their lead to six, seven, eight at times, and the Grizzlies would make it close when Jared Jackson would come in the game, and then obviously the injury happens and it completely gets out of hand. Uh, and that's kind of why if Ja can play and if he can shoot the ball, then it all comes down again right down to the, the, the front court um, battle and, and how many minutes can Jared Jackson Jr. play? You know, how well does he play against Anthony Davis? Again, I think he can win that matchup one-on-one. -on -one. But again, when you look at the minutes and not having a Steven Adams as a backup, it's got to be really tricky for to keep that one-on-one -on -one going for 36 minutes. And I think they're going to need something special, like Kennard hitting five threes. Yep. Like you just said, Torrey Craig, you saw it last night with, with, with the Suns. You need that player to step up and hit some big shots. And maybe especially John Morant, 
not in a shooting mood, passing the ball, driving kick, find your shooters, knock them down. And, you know, maybe Dylan Brooks, you know, get a little generous today. Give two or three of those three-point attempts to your boy Luke, who's hitting like 50% of his open three-point shots this season. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the other the other game tonight is the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. I expect the Nuggets to just keep on beating up on the Timberwolves and roll through this series. A lot of people doubted the Nuggets, but again, I don't. It's, it's it's just it's hard. It's hard to. It's two things. It's hard to evaluate a team when they haven't played with any real effort in a month and a half. And I can't fault a, uh, uh, an analyst or, some, or a fan who says, "Listen, if you go into the playoffs limping in like that, I don't know how you're even going to win one series." So I can understand those two thought processes, but at the same time, just watch what Jokic can do to an average NBA defense, and he turns it inside yep. out. <laughs> I agree. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, those are our, our thoughts about the games going in tonight, and some thoughts going forward. We'll be back soon to talk more about these NBA playoffs. Again, these injuries are going to be a big factor, and they could completely change these series by the next time we talk. Rammer, before we go, though, please tell our friends about Royal Banks of Missouri. Royal Banks of Missouri, over sixty years in St. Louis, and expanding in the last couple of years, but always keeping that hometown feel on the east side, St. Charles County. Uh, Northeast Missouri, each branch feels like your hometown bank. Royal Banks, where better service means better banking. Thank you so much, Rammer. You have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the games tonight. See you, buddy. Thank you, sir. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 130 new Acura models in stock or on the way in March. Like the 2023 Acura MDX, get $1,500 in loyalty cash when you buy, or you can lease the MDX starting at $599 a month. Earn $1,000 loyalty cash on the 2023 Integra, RDX, or TLX. Or you can save over $3,500 on our large selection of Acura courtesy vehicles. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.